Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project Podcast, where we ask the question, what makes you feel alive? These are the stories of your pursuit. All right, welcome everyone. My name is David, and this is Drake. How's it going, y'all? My name yeah. is Murphy, and I am a musician from North Carolina who lives in Los Angeles. Sweet. So tell us about growing up in North Carolina and how'd you get to L.A.? It's really crazy how everything worked out. I remember sleeping like in high school with UCLA and University of Miami right beside my bed. It's like every morning I would just look at it and I just see palm trees waking up, right? And the part of North Carolina I grew in, grew up in is like a very touristy golf area. So there's like no palm trees, no beach, nothing like that. It's just a bunch of old people. I had to get out because that is not me. I love the area of Pinehurst. I love it. But it, I mean, I need to be with the sun. I need to be in Southern Cali. And I knew that as a kid. And it's wild because I lived in Miami and LA and it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. It's just things happened that led me here. But I put that out when I was a kid. It was like, I know that I want to do this and here I am. I've done it and I'm here. So that's kind of crazy. I mean, if you think about, you know, growing up and being a kid, we don't often have like dream. Well, maybe, maybe it's more common than I think about, but you know, usually it's like, what do you want to be? Not like, where do you want to be? It's yeah. cool that you had such a vivid, like, Oh, this is definitely where I want to be when I, when I grow up. Yeah. Man, I was a weird kid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing, but a bad thing because I've always known what I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, story time. There was this moment when I was at this church and the preacher asked all the kids to come and sit in a circle. So we go down there and we sit in a circle and she's going around asking everybody what they wanted to be. You know, you hear preacher, teacher, lawyer, doctor, all of the basics, right? And then it gets yeah. around to me. And I remember it so vividly. It was a white church with brown pews. And uh, it got to me and I was like, I'm gonna be a rock star and a movie star. And the whole church busted out laughing. And my dad just came and yanked me out of there and just got me away from all of the dream killers. But wow. yeah, man, and it's like, ever since I was a kid, I knew my path. I just knew it. And I wanted to do other things, but every time I tried to venture out and do something else, I always got led back to music. You know, and now moving out here to LA, it's, uh, it's wild because that yearning to be an actor has come back, you know? And I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid <laughs> of it, but it's the good kind of afraid because I believe a good goal should be something that you are equally terrified and excited about. And I'm terrified yeah. and excited equally about acting. Nice. Music is my first love though. Uh, yeah, and I mean, anytime you're like scared about something, that's usually when a bunch of growth is about to happen. Oh my gosh, so true, so true. And this is like the perfect segue into my story that cool. I'll share. 
Awesome. Well, before we before we hit that, I just want to go back real quick and touch on how cool it was that your dad recognized that they were dream killers, as you called it, and he he pulled you out and like tell tell me a little bit about that. Were, were they always like so super supportive of your dreams and what you wanted to do? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My whole family is musical, and like my granddad was an orphan at nine years old and survived by playing piano and singing in bars. And he said he predominantly got paid in popcorn. That's what, <laughs> like, when he was older, you would never catch him eating popcorn, ever. He was like, I'm so sick of popcorn. <laughs> and he went from being an orphan on the street to holding the contract at Pinehurst Resorts. And that's where they have like the US Open golf tournament and all of that. And the music has to come through my family, which is cool. really crazy to see where he started and then he got that huge contract for that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Anyway, so back to your story. So this past summer, man, it was amazing. It was really Tell me about it. It was scary. It was so scary. I had a couple breakdowns along the way, but the breakdowns were in the best way possible because I learned a lot about myself. Cool. So uh, I was dating this girl. She was an amazing girl, but we just didn't see eye to eye on the things that really mattered, mm. you know, like goals. And she just didn't understand my drive. And I get it now looking in retrospect, you know, she's not supposed to get it. It's, it's my dream. Every, it's not for everybody. It's my dream. And I was this close to quitting music and starting a family and working at Walmart, like literally <laughs> working at Walmart distribution. And the guy at Walmart distribution, his name is Ephraim. I will never forget him. He changed the trajectory of my life, 100%. So I go in for the, uh, I was about to say audition. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're, you're such a musician. <laughs> I go in for the interview and I went in like I was about to go perform on stage. And he looks at me. He was like, you're different. What do you do? And I was like, I do music. He was like, everybody says they do music. Prove it. Let me hear something. So I saw that he was an older guy. And I was like, yeah, let me play him my cover of Purple Haze. And mm -hmm. so I played him that. And he looked at me. He was like, yo, you're really a musician. Why do you want to be here? I was like, no, my girl said she wanted stability. And... I don't know, I guess I just need a, a real job, air quotes mm -hmm. on the Yeah. He, he straight up told me, he was like, look, we can go through the whole process, but I honestly don't think you need to be here. And I was like, man, I just, let me, let me go ahead and do it. So we went through the whole process and I didn't hear back for about two to three weeks. And I'm a musician and I've only had one real job, Dairy Queen, when I was 15. <laughs> so I, I forgot how the whole hiring process works, you know, and I just thought that I didn't get the job. So I was like, yes, cool. <laughs> then he called me one morning. I was in the studio. It was 9 a.m. He called me and he was like, look, dude, I'm calling to tell you that you got the job if you want it. But personally, I don't ever want you to see me again. Those were his words. And I was like, what an odd choice of words. You don't want me to see you again? And I asked him about it. I was like, what do you mean you don't want me to see you again? 
And he was like, well, I'm going to see you one way or another, but I don't want you to see me. And I was like, yo, just clarify that. I'm so confused. He's like, look, you could either come in tomorrow morning and lift boxes for the rest of your life or, all right, yeah, he was like, you can come in tomorrow morning and lift boxes for the rest of your life and I'll see you that way. Or you can go and live your dream and I'll see you on TV. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, this guy is a stranger, but he believes in me more than I believe in me at that moment. And I was like, I don't want the job. I don't want the job. He was like, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I'll see you on TV and just hung up. And I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. And the girl yeah. got mad. She was like, we were supposed to make that decision together. I'm like, you're not my wife, though. Like, <laughs> my life. Not your yeah. Decision. yeah. And uh, we broke up. I went through a depression because I just felt like I lost so many things. You know, her, I lost my drive in music. And I just felt like I wasn't really going anywhere. And my dad uses this analogy all the time of a boat. It's like you pull the boat back and right when you feel like it's about to break is when you let go and then the arrow flies far. That's where I was. I was at that breaking point and I had a choice. I was like, either I can succumb to the pressures and just live a life that is not meant for me to live or I can take a chance and live the life I want to live. So I had this idea back in 2012. I was driving back to North Carolina from Atlanta and it's like, it's weird. I have a favorite rest stop and it's the second rest stop on I-85 North in South Carolina coming from Georgia. And so I was sitting there. I didn't have my guitar with me. And I just saw so many people coming and going and I stayed for about an hour and a half and I saw a couple hundred people come and leave. I was like, dang, man, I wish I had my guitar. I could just get some fans right quick. And that's mm -hmm. always been in the back of my mind. So last February, March, I thought about it and I was like, I need to take that trip. I need to just play some rest stops. And so it started out as this tiny idea and then I started telling people about it and I was terrified to tell people because I'm a man of my word and I want to do exactly what I say all the time, right? Yeah. So I told uh, this lady, I was, I was teaching her kids vocal lessons and I told her about it and she was so adamant about me doing it. She was like, you really need to do that, right? And I guess it kind of left my mind a little bit and she came to me and was like, hey, are you going to do this trip or not? And I was like, well, I'm just saving up money right now. She was like, how much do you think it's going to cost? I was like, uh, about $3,500. And I was just thinking like base, food and gas, food and gas. I was going to sleep in the car and just <laughs> do it that way. I'm yeah. not above sleeping in the car, you know? And she was like, no, I think you need at least 5000 to do this right. And she was like, I want you to do this right. So I'm going to give you $5,000 and I want you to go and do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, it caught me off guard. It that really caught me off guard. And she was like, you've done so much for my kids. I want to be able to do something for you. And I want you to do this. So I 
set the trip in motion. I was talking to one of my really good friends. She used to be my manager, Mary. She's so meticulous, right? We planned every single stop down to the gas stations that I need to stop uh, across the country and back, right? And we're just yeah. going to take Highway 40 because that's populated and it will lead me from North Carolina all the way to LA, right? And uh, what happened? Oh, Mary, two, two or three days before we were supposed to go on this trip, calls me and she's like, dude, I have some bad news and I apologize. And I'm like, oh God, what is it? She's like, my parents are sick and they own a farm. So they have like a bunch of animals. She was like, they need somebody to stay and watch the animals. So I'm not going to be able to go. And immediately in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to give her her money back and I'm going to cancel the trip. And I was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm. And then I sat and thought, I was just like, why am I not going to do this? Why do I feel like not doing it? And I just kept asking myself, like, why am I not doing it? Why am I not doing it? And the truth was revealed to me through these series of questions. I was afraid to go up to people and ask them if I could play them a song. Mm. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So <laughs> once I realized that, I was like, that is the dumbest fear ever. I'm going <laughs> on this trip. And so right when I set it back in motion, one of my friends called me and he's a film producer from North Carolina, but he lives here in LA. And he called me, he was like, dude, I'm just wrapping up a TV show in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I see that you're about to take a trip out to LA. I'm not sure if you have any room, but if you want somebody to go on this trip with you, I'm down. He was like, I'm literally about to get a plane ticket right now, but if you have room, let's do it. And so I was like, yo, I told him about the story of Mary having to cancel and it was just perfect. Right. Nice. I told him, I was like, yeah, I already have the trip laid out. And then I go to Wilmington to pick him up. He looks at me. He's like, dude, I want to get a tattoo. I'm like, all right. He's like, yeah, but my friend is in New York and I want to get my first tap from him. And I was like, Jason, that is a 13 hour out of the way stop, bro. That's yeah. not like, let's go an hour out of the way. That's 13 hours. And then I just stopped myself. I was like, let's do it. Let's go to New York. Like, forget the plans, forget everything. Let's do it. So we hopped in the car, drove to New York, and my life has not been the same since. We got to New York, I played in Times Square, and stopped at the rest stops along the way just playing, met so many people, had a great time, and then we zigzagged all the way across the country, all the way out here to LA, and then went to Vegas, had a crazy time in Vegas, and then went back to LA, and then drove all the way back a different route to North Carolina. And on the way back, I stopped through Phoenix, and I knew that I didn't want to live in North Carolina anymore. I was like, man, I can't do it. And we were sitting at this restaurant and I legit was fighting from crying. Like it was just so bubbled up inside of me. I couldn't hold it back. Like tears were running down my face. And he's like, bro, what's wrong? And I was like, I need to make a decision, but I'm so terrified of this decision. I don't know what to do because I had just started a business in North Carolina 
and I want to see it through. I'm still going to see it through, but it's like, man, I can't, I, I can't make up my mind. It's like, dude, you know what you need to do. And he's like, and if you want to come out here and stay for a few months, you can stay with me for three months and then get your own place. And I was just like, damn. All right. And I made my mind up right when I got back to North Carolina. The next morning I woke up and I looked at my ceiling and I was like, I can't believe I'm looking at this ceiling again. It's like, I never want to see this ceiling again. So I made my mind up right there. I was like, I'm moving to LA. So I called Chase and I'm like, bro, is the offer still there? He was like, yeah, of course. I was like, I'm moving to LA. He was like, I know. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, bro, I've known you for how many years? <laughs> it was like, I knew you were going to do it. And I was just like, yep. So a week later, I hop in the car and just drive. I had no plan, no nothing, nothing. And I was so excited when I first got on the road. And then I had this moment of doubt and fear, and that crept in. And right when that crept in my drummer called me Ahmad he called me and he was just like bro I don't know why I'm calling you but I just feel like I need to talk to you right now and I was like bro I really need some good talk right now dog because I'm second guessing everything and I pulled over at a gas station just so I could talk and I was walking in as he was saying this and I see this couple walking towards me and what he said on the phone was, faith is great, but faith in action is what you need. Like you need to put your faith in action. And right when he said faith in action, I can't make this up. The lady was talking to her husband and she said faith in action as soon as Amon said, like <laughs> it freaked me out. I was like, yo, 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 wait, bro, wait, what just happened? And I was freaking out and he was like, I don't know what to tell you, bro. That's God. <laughs> he was like, I'm just saying what I feel like I needed to say. And yeah, I was fired up again. And uh, I was driving 18 hours a day and sleeping in the car because I had literally had everything I loved in the car, all of my instruments, all of my clothes, everything. And I just didn't want to sleep in a hotel. Like I'm not leaving my guitars in the car. <laughs> yeah. And uh I get in the Midwest somewhere, and I'm from the South, right? So racism is a real thing there. It's a mm -hmm. real thing. And I saw these guys in this huge truck with Confederate flags all over it at this rest stop. And I really needed to use the restroom, but I didn't feel like dealing with any, any hate or any of that, right? So mm -hmm. I look at this guy and I immediately judge him. And I'm just like, these guys are racist. I'm not going to walk past them. I'm just going to wait until they leave. And then I saw on the, I saw the main guy who was driving. He had a shirt that said something on the back. And they were kind of far away. So I was like trying to see. And for some reason, I was drawn to this one guy. And on the back of his shirt said, don't let fear stop you from going after your goals. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> so even in my ignorance, messages are being given to me. And so it's like, 
wow, I literally just judged this guy and I got a blessing out of it. Like that humbled me. I was like, man, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't judge people, you know? And, oh gosh, I forgot. I forgot this part on the way back with Chasen, we stopped at the Grand Canyon. But before that we were in Utah and we stopped at the Golden Arches or the National Arches Park. And we we're at the Delicate Arch and I played yeah. my guitar out there and I had this huge fear of heights. Mm. So I'm sitting there like, man, all of these people are going to take pictures under it and I'm not because I'm afraid. And then Jason looks, he's like, bro, go under there. I want to get a picture. And he had his really good camera with him. So it's like, all right, I'm going to go. This whole time I'm like bigging myself up, just like, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. <laughs> I get right there and I couldn't walk underneath it because on each side was a huge drop. I'm just like, what if anything happens? I will be dead. So <laughs> I couldn't, man, like the arch is right here and there was this big rock right there. I stayed there at the rock and he was like, walk under it. It's literally five feet away. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm not moving, man. Either you're going to take this picture or I'm going to leave. And so everybody's laughing at me. It's like little kids doing jumping jacks under it. I, <laughs> I could have done it, but I was yeah. too afraid. So we get to the Grand Canyon and I like to push myself. I like to push past fear. So there's this point at the Grand Canyon when uh, there are no guardrails and there's a 3000 foot drop. <laughs> that's a huge drop mm -hmm. and for some reason i was like i'm gonna walk out to the edge i tried it my knees buckled and i just <laughs> sat down i couldn't do it i couldn't do it and then i saw this old lady walk out there and she was taking pictures i was like man if she can do it i can and so i tried it again i failed I tried it again and I fell. And then I was like, all right, let me pay attention to the point I get too afraid to walk. So I monitored everything and I started to walk out there. And I realized that the fear came when I started looking at all of the possibilities that could happen. Whenever mm -hmm. I took my eyes off of my path and I looked around me at all of the possibilities that could happen that's when I froze up. So I was like, what would happen if I just keep my eyes on my path? I did it. I made it to the edge. And I was so excited. I hung from the edge. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, hold on. I have a picture. Hold on. Where's my phone? I don't know where my phone is, but I have it. Oh, it's down here. Okay. Hold on. I have to show you this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I still have it. Um, where would that be? Photos. Man, what an incredible story. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Oh, the picture of me hanging from it isn't on here, but I'm sitting on the edge right here. I'll have you, I'll have you send it to me afterwards if you can find it. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. We, I'll do we that. Post your story. We'll we'll have you. We'll post that picture of you hanging. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's in Lightroom on my computer. I forgot. Nice. I it over. Nice. But yeah, man. Oh, 
And not only that, when I got here, everything just fell into place. People were telling me, oh, you're going to stay in this horrible apartment and pay crazy amounts of rent. It's like, man, if I have to, then that's what I'm going to do. But I, for some reason, don't feel like I'm going to do that. Mm. So I get here and I'm staying in Chasen's house. Beautiful house, right? And the house next to them was on, well, on that street, there's one owner. Like the uh, landlord is the landlord of all the houses on the street. And then their neighbors moved out. So I was like, yo, I want to get this house. I want to find some roommates and get this house. And I called the landlord and he, he told me that that house was already taken by another one of his tenants. But he was like, the house that those tenants are moving out of is going to be vacant in a few months. So I talked to Chasen and I was like, bro, I know you said three months, but there's a spot. He was like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. So I stayed there a couple more months and this house opened up and here i am like paying an amazing rate in rent which is crazy for la and it's a house in a gated community with a backyard fenced in it's not at all what people were saying and those are the people that the could have fans the this might happen if I didn't keep my eyes on my path, if I didn't have that moment at the Grand Canyon where I realized that I have to keep my eyes on my path and don't let any distractions stop me, you know? And then the back of that guy's shirt, don't let fear stop you from going after your dreams. Like all of that, all of that just fueled me to be where I am today, you know? So, uh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's such a cool story. Like, and I kept thinking of like, oh, I'm going to ask him this at the end, or I'm going to ask him this at the end. But you've already said all the things I was going to ask you about, you know, like, what would you say to somebody who's dealing with fear? You're like, stay on your path, right? Yeah. And like, it's so beautiful how many times you overcame yet another fear and another thing that is just perception, not actually like a real roadblock. And how cool that guy at Walmart saw something special in you I know. and changed your life. Changed That's crazy. Completely. Completely. I don't even think he knows he changed my life. Do you? You should call him. I need to. You should call him. That would be like probably the coolest thing you could do. One of the coolest things you could do for that guy. <laughs> That's so amazing. I need to call. Yeah. Well, man, is there anything else that you would say to somebody who is out there, you know, pursuing their own path and trying to figure out <clears throat> what that looks like for them? Mm -hmm. Stay on your path. Don't worry about what other people say. They don't matter. They don't matter. When you die, it's you that dies. When you eat, it's you that eats. You can't get somebody to go to the bathroom for you. you <laughs> yourself you, know? <laughs> like, yeah. you have to do that certain things that you have to do that nobody else can do and that is going after what you are here for i'm a firm believer in destiny and that we are all here for a specific reason and our choices lead us to either side of that coin and the analogy i like to use is a prison right so it's like 
if it's somebody's destiny to be in a prison, they're going to be there no matter what. But their choices will either lead them into being the prisoner or the guard and the warden. Mm. Either way, you're supposed to be there. But your choices have led you to either side of that coin. Mm. You know? And yeah. you just have to make the right choices and think about other people. Like, don't be so selfish, you know? Think about how your choices affect other people's, but ultimately do what is best for your soul. Do what is best for you. Like, yeah. oh, be happy. Yeah. Wake up yeah. when in, one of the things that I do when I wake up, I just smile for 30 seconds. Even I was going like, <laughs> to say, just smile like Drake. <laughs> That's the lesson we get today. You just yeah, you just exude that energy. I love it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. I I know tons of people are gonna get some inspiration from this, and uh, oh. hopefully, you know, go out and get after it just like you did. Man, I didn't do this for no reason. I want some people to go after it and do exactly what I did. Like do the crazy stuff do the crazy stuff have faith that it's just gonna work out like if you really feel like this is meant for you it's probably meant for you don't let fear stop you do it just do it like shia labeouf do it (laughs) (laughs) rocking all right thanks so much man i appreciate it all right have a great one